0: Hello and welcome back to Sweet Seats, episode 23. I'm your host, Anthony Schulte, along with my colleagues, Derek Steele. What's going on? Daniel Babcock.
1: Hello, Anthony.
0: And Noah Perola. How's it going? It's going good, man. We have a lot slated for today, so let's get right into it. Baseball's back. The owners and MOBPA have reached an agreement on a new CBA ending the three-month lockout since December 2nd. Derek, what are your thoughts? Finally, we
2: got baseball back, opening day slated for April 7th, which uh-huh. is a week later from what it was originally going to be, which is March 31st. I'm really excited to see baseball back. I'm excited to have the Motown Cats back, the Detroit uh-huh. Tigers, get to go down to Comerica Park again, get to see some games this summer. should be a fun summer of baseball that is finally back.
0: And there's also, they're going to keep all the games, all 162 games are going to be still on the schedule. And they're just going to add a couple. I thought I read a couple double headers, and they're just going to be a couple double heads,
2: mm-hmm. headers down the stretch. And they said they might extend the season by a couple of games, by like a series.
0: Mm-hmm. What are your guys' thoughts across the uh, class, across class? I was very happy to learn
3: that they're going to keep the full 162 game season. Mm-hmm. You know, I love baseball. You know, I, I've had a change of heart the last year over baseball and the MLB and watching the Tigers and just seeing how fun and young they are so I was really looking forward to watching every game this season Mm -hmm. and I just like I just like watching the sport in general so knowing that we have 162 instead of like rumored 100 game season 140 game season you know it's just really nice to have that
1: secure and locked up and they made an agreement Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's a really good thing that they made the agreement because you know everyone wants baseball to be played like the owners and the players, they all want to be paid because the owners, if it's not getting paid, then they're not making their money from it. Right. And the, obviously, you know, the players just love the sport. So they obviously want to play it. So it's just great for the whole entire sport in general that it's going to happen.
0: And I'm just I'm happy we have a season, too, because like, the Tigers are going to be good this season. We have, we have a really good young core. I think we're going to be pretty good. And I think we have a chance at the wild card at least.
2: The thing that I'm most excited about with the new CBA is the rule changes that they're bringing back, if that makes sense. I really think starting to see that universal DH come back is going to help both American League and National League, especially when we see those interleague games played Mm -hmm. in a National League stadium, because we really start seeing those American League pitchers bat. And we really don't see – or we really see that they don't know how to bat. It's that it's a nine-inning doubleheader. I was never a fan of the seven-inning doubleheader. I right. think it, it was a joke that they brought it up. And then the um, – there's one second other one. The the starting role. with the guy on second base to start extra innings. I get that role to a sense. If you're going to do something like that, start with one out. Start with something – Because with having a guy on second base, that's going to prolong the game because you just got teams constantly scoring. So that's really going against what they want to do in shortening the games.
3: Personally, I love the rule where extra innings, second, there's a guy on second because it just just has more scoring. That's kind of one thing about baseball is, you know, you might not always get so much scoring like it's long. And especially if, like, You had a slow game, and, like, people were getting tired of watching. Like, all of a sudden, you have a runner in scoring position, like, 10th, 11th inning, and it keeps the people involved. It doesn't, like – it keeps just fan interaction alive. But, yet again, I think for the playoffs, it's a little different. Like, the playoffs, since it's, like, like you can win and you're done, I I think it's better to take it off for that. But in the regular season, to keep more engagement going, the second – guy in second base rule – is one of my favorites personally. Moving on
2: to the new playoff format, they expanded it to a 12-team format. So that's going to be six American League, six uh, six American League teams, six National League teams. They've added another wild card spot. So the first two, the teams with the top two records in each league, are going to get a bye to the divisional round. Then the rest will play and fight it out. What are your thoughts about that new role change with the playoffs?
1: I mean, it looks like the old NFL format almost now. It's just now instead of there being like four division winners like there was in the NFL, there's only three, and now there's three wild cards. And, I mean, it's like the same thing of like just, you know, top the best teams get by, which they should. I mean, if you're that good, then you should like not have to play on that first weekend during the playoffs. But, you know, I just think it will make it more entertaining because you never know if a six-seed can maybe upset like a one seed or like Mm -hmm. a two seed.
3: Yeah, No. I think they had to. It was coming because if you look at the NFL and if you look at the NBA, they all added teams to the playoffs, like a lot more. Just a lot more teams have a chance to get in. Mm -hmm. And whether you disagree with it or not, it was coming. It's fun to just see more teams play. It's fun to know that your team has a better chance of making it in. And it just, like, it keeps the game alive. Like, baseball has been the same for so long and like now we're in a more fast-paced world where like people, we, we just want like crazy things all the time like have it have like everybody involved i think this is a perfect that was like a
2: perfect uh, compromise to what they did it also gives the top teams in the league something to play for versus just getting that home field advantage you're, now you're playing for that bye to not have to play in the wild card round and you're going to move on to the div- divisional round and not have to worry about playing less playoff games if that makes sense
3: mm-hmm
0: All right, we're going to be moving on here to something uh, just happened last night, last couple days, the Big Ten Tournament, which started on Wednesday. Yesterday, Indiana beat Michigan 74-69. Michigan giving up a little bit of a lead there, but we're not going to talk about that. Michigan State beat Maryland 76-72, which was. That that game, that game almost,
2: that game, oh my goodness. That's all all I got to say about that one.
0: Iowa annihilated Northwestern, one hundred twelve to seventy six. That was a blowout.
1: I think everyone saw that one. Coming. Yeah, that that, that we, was like we really not did a honestly, matchup. honestly. And
0: one one I didn't really see coming personally. Penn State beat, beat, beat Ohio State seventy one to sixty in a close matchup there.
2: Someone on Tuesday's podcast talked about Penn State yeah. being a sleeper team. I think it might have actually been you, Noah.
3: It was. So I'd like to address uh, Tuesday's podcast because. You know Jordan didn't hit all the shots. LeBron doesn't hit all the shots. You know Gretzky didn't score every goal he shot. You know Mi- having Michigan win it all. You know they it, it's it's tough. But I did have I did say Penn State was a sleeper team. You know they're tough. And I did say Maryland was a sleeper team as well. They took it they took it all the way with a re- very good Michigan State team. That you know they couldn't get it done. But that's just how it is. Penn State being Ohio State, not much of a shocker. There Ohio State has a letdown moments all season. Penn State's a tough team to play. They just, have, they just have an all-around solid core. I can't, I think we can expect them to keep going and keep playing. They play Purdue today, who has also shown mm-hmm. to
2: have a lot of letdown They're spots. They're really an up-and-down team. They had that loss to Michigan State a couple of weeks ago. They're really that up-and-down team, but that's also a team that has the talent. Uh, they have um, Jaden Ivey, who is going to be, I think, a really good generational talent in the NBA but they're really gonna—they ha- really have those up and down um, spots. For me, the game I'm looking for the most to, besides the Michigan State game, obviously they already. This is gonna be who wins the season series between Michigan State and Wisconsin. The game I'm most excited for is Iowa against Rutgers. How's Iowa gonna be able to show up and kind of defend that blowout they had against mm-hmm. Northwestern yesterday? And Rutgers is another sleeper team in the Big Ten tournament. I believe they're like the three of the four seed. So they've had a really good season. They've had a really shocking season. So that's going to be a good game. Um, Indiana-Illinois, I hate to say it, I got I got Illinois in that game. Just the way Indiana played for three-quarters of that game yesterday against Michigan really does not convince me against um, a really, really solid Indi- or Illinois team.
1: Well, going back to your uh, Rutgers-Iowa uh, game, I mean, Iowa's a really solid team, but obviously Rutgers, they're the four seed, which no one saw that coming because – Rutgers, once they got into Big Ten play, they were playing these ranked teams. They were playing the Iowas, the Illinois, the Ohio States. They, all these teams. They came out of nowhere, and, and they were just knocking them off left, right, and center. It was incredible to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes you think. Uh,
3: did Rutgers did get the four seed, but did they get hot too early? Because they didn't, and they ended the season on uh, on the last five games, going two and three, and they're and they're six and a half point underdogs clearly clearly the experts think that Iowa's was going to kill them i mean they're probably the hottest team in the big 10 it's right really now.
2: hard to bet against iowa though coming off of that blow against northwestern mm-hmm. and they set multiple big 10 tournament records against northwestern really that game i think that game I think all four of these games are going to be decided within 10 points. I don't think we're going to see a Northwestern-Iowa blowout like we did yesterday. But I really think that that iowa Rutgers game is going to be the most intriguing game because realistically, I could see both of those games going either way. Oh, Also, one
3: more point with the Indiana-Illinois game. This is a home game for Indiana. I mean, Illinois Illinois is right next to Indiana, but... Like Indiana just is gonna pack the crowd. It's in Indianapolis. Yep. I wouldn't. We're, we're I heard that sh- against
2: Michigan yesterday. I wouldn't
3: be shocked if uh, if they can find a way to stop Kofi Cockburn, that Indiana finds a way to pull this off.
1: Yeah, and I mean Iowa. They run through Trace Jackson Davis. He's or not Iowa. Indiana, sorry. They run through Trace Jackson Davis. He's obviously one of the best players in the country. One of the best players in the Big Ten. But you know, I just don't think that they have enough firepower around him because he's clearly the guy that they want to get it to down inside. He's pretty much gained double-doubles every game. But you know, he's matching up with uh, a lot of great talent and I just think that they that Indiana won't be able to get it done. All right, moving on from that. We have tonight, Boys Varsity Hoops as
0: Lake Orion's going to take on the Rochester Adams Highlanders. A tough matchup for both teams, really. Both both teams, very high level basketball teams. It's a big game, being the district finals from Romeo High School. Adams is led by three all OAA red selections, Brady P. Justice Mims, and Gunnar Walters. Guys, what are your thoughts on tonight's contest? What do you guys think is gonna be happening?
2: This here? is one of the really times I'm gonna say it that this year. I really think Lake Orion is the underdogs in this game. Like you said, Adams really has the um, the talent to take Lake Orion to the end. Lake Orion got to taken to the end by Utica Eisenhower on Wednesday, who just blew out Romeo Monday. But I hate to say it, I really got Adams taking them to the end. I really think Lake Orion's going to be, I think Lake Orion's the more complete team. I think they're the more talented team, but it's going to be a close one throughout. I got Lake Orion winning this one 57 52.
3: What I think one important thing we have to look at is the fact that Adams has beat Clarkson twice and Lake Warren lost to Clarkson by almost 20 30 points. It was it was a blowout. And I understand that it was at the start of the season, but you got to look at the common you got to look at common teams, common wins, losses. And if you look, Adams killed their district uh, district semifinal opponent, Rochester. 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 You know, it's like it's more what team. Well, I don't think I think Adams is gonna give you that same consistent game. It's really more, how is this Lake Orion team gonna come out and play? Because they've had games where they can shoot 60% from the field, like never be off, like like doing putback dunks. But then there are, there's also times where they can shoot 10% from the field and really not not have it, and then just kind of give up on defense, and like that's the game's over before even the second half even starts. It really, it really that's what I re- I'm really looking for. How Lake Orion starts off and how they uh, can keep their consistency throughout the entire game.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Rochester Adams, they have clearly a lot of talent. Obviously, it was shown in football when they went all the way to the semifinals before they lost to the eventual state champions. And a lot of those football players, like Brady Prescorn, who Derek mentioned, also playing basketball, and they're just great athletes. So it's going to be a really close game. And I would have to agree with Noah. I think it really depends on how well Lake Orion is shooting. Because I think Adams definitely has the, uh, the edge when it comes to athletics. But Lake Orion, they might have the edge when it comes to shooting. So yeah. if their shooters are knocking down shots, then I think that Lake Orion will be fine. But it's just what kind of team we're going to get from Lake Orion tonight. You mentioned that Clarkson loss um, when you were talking, Noah. Remember, that was the
2: Lake Orion team that was under Joel Schroeder. They went 2-4 and four to start the season. He stepped down as head coach. Here comes Jose Andrade. They won, I believe, 11 out of 13 to end the season. OAA White title share with um Bloomfield Hills. This is really a different Lake Orient team we've had. And like you've said it, we've had games where they're lights out. Look at the Holly game. Look at all these games. Look at the Groves game, for example, um, last week. And then there's games like Troy. And then there's games like Clarkston. There's games like Rochester. There's games where they're just off. Troy Athens at home. There's games where they're just off. They can't buy a bucket. And those are the games where they really rely on their death defensive maturity, which I really think this is the best defensive Lake Orient team we've seen probably at least in my time here at the high school in my four years here, if not longer. So it really is gonna come down to how is owner how's Malachi Granberry, how are these leaders, Nate Havrilla, how are these leaders going to be able to take um the team? And how far are they really going to be able to rely? And they're gonna need um key players from the bench, your CJ, your Trevor Witt, who are both starters but you get my point. You're gonna need those players to step up and make big shots tonight.
0: I also think DJ Mora's gotta have a big game too. Yeah, he's good, he's gonna to be knocking down his shots. He's gotta be getting the looks. Yeah, Blake Liddell's gotta be good in defense and down low, finishing those looks down low. And I feel like if if Alden could put together a great game like he has been the past couple nights, if Malachi can put together a great game as well, again he's coming off that injury that that ankle sprain against Bloomfield Hills. If he can, it was the
2: ankle, and he said there was something wrong with like his right hip as well.
0: Yeah, so if, if he can if he if he can play well despite having maybe a little bit of lingering pain from those and and the entire team can come together play well play team basketball I think Lake Orion pulls this one out.
3: I, I I like to bring on one more point uh, with Anthony I think DJ Morrow is going to be a huge fact in this he game. Is. He's the he third. Yep. He, he's the third option and he's just that sharpshooter and really watching him all season the offense looks different when DJ is hot because when yep. DJ is hot it like it almost never misses. But, but, like, when, when he's missing, like, it kind of like, affects the entire team around him. You know Alden's going to get a shot sometimes when he makes or misses it. It doesn't affect him as much because it's like you know he's going to get the next one And Malachi, You know Malachi, as long as he can, like, keep his temper. Like, you know he's just going to go get a bucket, drive yep. to the hoop. But when DJ Morrow is, like, he, when he's the one taking the shot and he has the possession, and if, he, if that's a waste of possession because he misses the shot, that do, that, you can really see it does something to the team. And just because of, like, the ball share and, like, like how much like, usage rate, even though they don't track that, just, like, how I imagine it would be, that is also going to be probably one of the biggest factors coming out of uh, Romeo High
2: School today. First off, I'm really shocked that Malachi, Malachi Granberry still does not have a college offer to play right. at the next level. That, that's just mind-boggling, mind-boggling for me. He's an all-OAA white honoree. Yet he still doesn't have a college offer. But you're talking about DJ Morrow. The perfect game for me to start thinking when you bring up the name DJ Morrow is that Troy game at Troy a couple Fridays ago. It was two Fridays ago, actually, where they're down going into the fourth quarter. Then DJ Morrow starts to heat up. He starts making his shots. He starts. He starts doing what DJ can do, handle the ball, be that leader, be that consistent shooter that they're going to need, and that I really think he's going to step up and be option number one next year once Malachi and Alden leave and go to the next level. I really think DJ needs to take his game to the next level, and he needs to be that shooter that, like, can rely on because teams are going to start double-teaming Alden Ritt. They're going to start te- double-teaming number five, and they're going to force you to beat them with another option Weapon. That's what Troy did really well against Ligorian is they forced Ligorian to beat them with a different weapon, which Ligorian did with um, DJ Morrow.
0: Also, what I want to bring up before we move on quickly to NFL, the girls were also eliminated from the playoffs the other night. They, were los- they lost to Clarkson 61-47. L.O. Jr., Audrey Wishmeyer, had 18 points off six threes, while Wolves Sr., Maddie Skorupski, had 42 of Clarkston's 61s. Quickly, do we have some thoughts on, on the girls' season? This 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 uh, year. Well, if if someone drops forty two points in a game yeah.
3: like you can't you can that that's just that's just what's gonna like if if someone drops forty two, that's just what happened, you know, that's the game. You just chalk it up to the game and say, Hey, we tried our best, but you know, that player is just like beyond the next level. Nothing we can really do about it. You know, and like you look back at the season you had, you know, you weren't really projected to be there but you got there you got it done you built a solid foundation for years
2: to come so mm-hmm. it's really you can just like look for the future and you got a lot of hope you're talking about the future and it's a junior class for like Coryn that's really going to be that carrying point it's going to be your Kylie Heck your Taylor Dender your Maddie Everett your um Audrey Wishmeyer, your Chloe Wiegers. those players are going to be the ones that kind of drive the team but the biggest question for me question mark going for me is is head coach Bob Bridges really retiring i've heard a bunch of rumors within the last couple weeks i've heard rumors going in district weeks that this is the hardest season on bridges and his 15 plus years of coaching and he's thinking about hanging up the shoes and being done with coaching so who's going to take over that lake Orion team if bridges is done coaching this year
1: i think that they would probably give it to coach hack one of the assistant coaches i mean obviously he's kylie hack's father but he's a great basketball mind you know He's one of the guys that really is one of the main reasons why they were able to make that run. You know, he was making those adjustments along with Bridges that allowed them to make that run. And I think that if he steps up, it'll be great for the players because obviously it's someone that they know and someone that they can trust instead of getting someone from outside the district maybe. And I think that that will just allow the program to keep growing because obviously they got their few playoff wins this year. But a lot of their players coming back next year, that's really good for them because now they have that experience. They have that winning mindset now so they can make some deep runs coming up the next couple years. It was a great season by the girls. Everybody
0: in this school is proud of them and what they accomplished. District champion. For sure.
1: An amazing season, amazing
0: run. Let's not let that Los Angeles Clarkson rain on that parade. But uh, quickly, before we we sign off here, some quick NFL news from this week because it's been a busy place this week. Among many, many news, these are kind of like the highlights – Bears traded Khalil Khalil Mack for a second and sixth round pick to the Chargers yesterday. And earlier this week, Carson Wentz traded to the Commanders of Washington. Russell Wilson traded to Denver. Aaron Rodgers re-signed with the Packers, and Devonta Adams was franchise tagged. Those are a few of the many trans- transactions this week as NFL starting to ramp up once again. But uh, thank you for tuning into this edition of Sweet Seats. Join us Tuesday, where host Tyler Ratliff will talk about the Big Ten and March Madness tournaments. For Derek Steele, Daniel Babcock, Noah Perlow, I've been your host, Anthony Schulte. Have a great day.